engage in action, implement, be the solution for the change. If you don't know how to do it, don't know what it would take to do what you really believe that you're meant to do, surround yourself with the people that do, ask questions and find out who can help you, support you, have your back to do the journey well. And add contribution to equip, to a train, to sustain. Just do this. It's time to do things differently to gain different results. Now is the time. You're invited to join us, a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale. And these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch or two or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. All right, we've got a winner of a conversation today in the Global Human Intelligence Podcast. So grab your water, your coffee. I've got mine and I'm going to be drinking what I've got in front of me throughout this conversation. By the way, if you missed the last Global Human Intelligence Podcast, go check it out. It was the one on the forum where we had a conversation around health and the systems we find ourselves in, making decisions around that and, you know, what is facing in a lot of arenas. I've got a major interest in health because I've had my own health journey. I've had a son who had many, many issues from actually inside of the womb to then coming into this world. And so I've always been fascinated by the health and also in the way that, you know, I'm all about in, you know, exercising the muscle of human intelligence. And my belief is extremely around the interconnection of the patterns of what we're putting into our bodies, how we're treating our bodies, what that looks like and how that's fueling and refueling the brain to then, you know, the results we bring to the table. And so I am fascinated around the medical and health industry and hope to do a lot more in it as I continue to bring what I'm bringing to the world as well. But that was a great conversation and we're going to be having more of those conversations. So make sure that you're listening out on social media, checking out what we're doing in, with the 1% movement because there's even face-to-face 1% conversations coming up, you know, at the time of this recording, soon in the US and then back in Australia again. So make sure you keep your ear to the ground, right? That's how we learn. So this is why this one's kind of fun for me to put on. If you, by the way, side disclaimer, I'm not in my house or offices in Australia, podcast area. I'm on the road and so I'm on the actually on the Amalfi Coast at this time of recording and there's lots of sirens 
and lots of alarms going off and maybe noises of humans that you'll hear at times as well. That's why. And anyone that's continued on this journey with me knows that although it would be awesome being able to do this very professional all the time, having great sound, having everything, I don't want that to stop you from gaining the insights, which is what this podcast is all about. The insights around the conversations I get to have with amazing people across the globe and what they're learning, how they're putting it into play and what they're growing and, you know, bringing their 1% to the world, right? And then it's the other side of it that so often we bring questions to the table, we're thinking and, and we listen to something and it just opens up a whole lot of questions in our head and I know it does it for me. And what I try to do is just keep it really real, keep it raw and have those conversations on this podcast. And I am excited as we continue to build up on this and get some more conversations happening as we amp up for the next few months what is happening in our world. And, you know, there's so much and it's kind of daunting at times but exciting on the other side of it so I'm not I'm not gonna go hey this is what we're doing this is how you can that's not what this podcast is about today this podcast is the follow-through so not last podcast that has been released but the one before it when you got to hear my insights around a magazine that I put out it was called a strategic leadership magazine I put out a long time ago And the copy that I did for it was 10 leadership strategies I learned from my autistic children. And, you know, that's in leadership. But let me tell you, it's in whatever we're doing, wherever we're going, what we're building out in our businesses, companies, organizations, how you're bringing what you're bringing to what you're doing. And, you know, the big question I sort of put out into the start of that was at every insight, I wanted to make sure that we're asking questions again, because it means if we ask the right questions, we can actually answer and make decisions on what we're needing to, to get to where we need to go. So, you know, the big, this question that I asked at the beginning of the magazine was what decision stops you from your next level? And we continue through. Actually, I think that was at the back of the magazine. Anyway, it's in the magazine because I think that that's a really, really just an amazing question to ask. And it's honestly what has helped me to be more effective in what I'm doing and bringing to the world is the questions that I'm asking. Am I willing to ask a question even when it feels uncomfortable? Am I going to be okay asking a question if it sounds like it could be a, you know, a question that makes you sound not so smart? Or am I going to ask a question and maybe the no one in the room knows how to answer that question? I actually think that's a good thing. I think feedback is really interesting. And, you know, we'll talk about this a lot more later in some of the podcasts coming up. But I do think there's a real conversation around not just asking questions and being willing to ask those questions, but also being willing to deal with the feedback. Here's the thing a lot of people are not willing to do. Maybe you find yourself in this situation where you will 
ask a question, but you really don't want an answer other than the one that you've got in your head. And I think that there's always a risk when you ask questions expecting the only answer that you believe is the truth. And I know that's a bit uncomfortable and I know that probably goes against a lot of what you're thinking out there. I will talk about that a lot more in upcoming podcasts because I think around questions, I think around feedback and how do we deal with feedback is a really important thing to think about in working with leaders and working with building out the culture that you really want to bring to the table in what you're building. And if we really truly want change to happen and not just keep getting the same results and growing the same way we did before, then I do believe we have to understand feedback and what that means to you and how to then navigate it if it's feedback that you don't want to hear. Oh, those are moments none of us like to hear, right? All right. So if you listened to that podcast before, you'll realize that we had talked about quite a few of the actual strategies that I'd learned through having my children who are on the autistic spectrum. And again, autism has many flavors, many different stages and, you know, Every single person that has, and and there's so many names to it. So I'm going to call it autism because that's what I've been built up around. And that's what this magazine, when I, at the time that I wrote it, that's what it was called. And, you know, I know there's so many different ways in which, depending what country you're from and, and what sector you're in and industry, to what is acceptable to talk about it. But in my case, in my family, we talk about autism and we talk about it as a spectrum and we don't see it as a disability. We see it as like a superpower because honestly, it was me not understanding how to work with it, not against it. That actually meant that I thought it was a a disability. And I think there's so many times in life when we're building out you know, the company we want to build out and we want it a certain way because that's all we've kind of known how to build it. This is how you get leads in. This is how you get your customers. That's how we put products out, courses, whatever it is. And this is how we integrate with uh, potential clients. A lot of that was because that's how it was built. That was the systems we found ourselves in. That was the conditioning of the culture that we would, you know, was established in our environment. And one of the things that we can all be certain on, and I think all agree on, is that we're in a society, in a forever changing landscape. And because of that, there is need to adapt, to innovate, to maybe even pioneer a different way of doing it. And I personally find that quite fascinating. Do you? What do you think on that? Make sure that you don't just listen to these podcasts, but wherever I am on social media, wherever we're having conversations around this, join in the conversation. We're just, by the way, starting up a Facebook group. And it's not a Facebook group 
to show our expertise, to gain lots of leads, to, you know, I don't know, use one another's whatever's in there. I really wanted a place where at least, you know, that's where I'm going to be. That's where people who are doing their 1% are going to be. And what if we could support each other? What if we could have conversations in there, see what's going on? What are you learning in your environment? How could that help me and what I'm doing? Who collaborates where, what, how, what's up, what's happening? Come and be a part of it. Look out for the 1% Movement Facebook group. Come and join us there because, you know, the only, and I don't even care, honestly, if that group stays very small I do care that we start a movement and that grows. And I do care that we grow in numbers. And anyone that's sort of, you know, knowing that we are involved in building out the 1% movement will know that my, and I, and I do think it is a kick-ass goal. And who knows if I ever will achieve this, but I want to aim towards this. And I want to work towards it. And that means I've got a lot of work ahead of me. And that is by 2052, what if we had a billion names, a billion names of people who were willing to commit to doing their 1%? Would that change what's happening? And the only way we're going to do things like this is actually being willing to maybe change our environment, to be willing to maybe change the systems we find ourselves in or adapt a little different to who we've got at the table. And that's why these conversations and the conversations everywhere that we're having on social media right now are so important. All right, so if you missed that last podcast of the one where I was talking about the first four of the 10 strategies, leadership strategies, right, that I've learned from my autistic children, then go back, listen to it. Because I talked about strategy one, which was never waver from your decision. Strategy two, work with it, not against it. Strategy three, the speed of your completion is right for you. Strategy four, exhaust all pathways to your desired outcome. Just keep trying. All right. So today, have you got your water? Have you got your coffee? I can't remember how I said that at the beginning. And if I didn't, go get it, find it, put this on pause, come back to it. We are in for some good learning. Are you ready? Strategy five, stand out from the crowd. Stand out from the crowd. You know what? This is not always comfortable going against what everyone else is doing. And I don't know about you, but I've not always found that actually an easy thing. I know lots of people think that I like going against the grain, that I love being disruptive, that I like, you know, disagreeing with people at the table. I just, I think one of the things I am willing to do is I am willing to question what we're hearing. I'm willing to question what is going on around me and go, is that the best way for us to get where we need to go? And us meaning me and what I'm doing, us, the collective, the people that I get to collaborate with, work with, do life, this journey with, and then us meaning across the global landscape. And I think that that's that's something that hasn't come naturally to me, 
but it's something that is so beneficial. And I know that it makes some people in my world uncomfortable, but I also know it is so, so necessary. So that's why we, you know, and I felt that it was really important for me to remind us of these strategies because I do these strategies not just in my own life but in who I work with and how we continue to step out into what we're doing in the future. Stand out from the crowd. Autistic decisions are not reliant on you, me, or any other distinct distractions. They are totally based on the outcome they want. I talked about that a lot in the last podcast that I did. They don't look left or right. They just aim, fire, and are determined to land on target. Why does this work really well with who I work with? Because it allows you to set specific targets. Not to get distracted with what everyone else is doing. You know, that shiny silver syndrome, whatever it's called, object (laughs) syndrome. Because it allows you to set specific targets, right? Not to get distracted with what everyone else is doing, but stay true and strong to what you actually want to achieve. When this becomes your focus, it means you will do whatever it takes to take this idea from dream to reality. And yes, even if this means you have to stand out from the crowd. As a leader, this does need to be one of your non-negotiables. And I want to give you some seven steps to help make sure that you can keep this as a non-negotiable, all right? Because I know it's easy to say, oh, you need to have this as your non-negotiable. But sometimes implementing it is difficult because not everyone can just go, I'm going to do that and this is going to happen. So there's some things that I know help not just me, but others, be able to do this and actually do this well. All right, so one, surround. Surround yourself with those who have your back. The leader's journey, and I talk about people having my back all the time. It is so important, and I know as I keep playing at a different level, I have to make sure the people that have my back have my back at that level. So surround yourself with those who have your back. The leader's journey is not for the faint-hearted. I so agree with that. It is for you if you can keep going no matter what you face. You can attempt this on your own, not much fun, or with an inner circle, as I call it, who needs to have your best interests at heart. That doesn't mean they agree with everything. They just have your best interests at heart. We'll talk more about that as we continue to go forward. This is a small group who encourage when you need, who disagree when helpful, who give support where it may be their strength but not yours. That's an important one. This means you have people who can share both your wins and losses in a safe environment. Number two in this process, challenge. Challenge your thinking. Don't stay stuck in what you are conditioned to believe. It's not comfortable though, right, to do that. All right, I want to stop for a second because I want to know, are you stuck? in what you believe? Are you stuck in where you know? Or are you really willing to challenge your thinking? Oh, you know what's really funny? I'm trying to read this up on a screen right now and get it up for you so that I can do the rest of those ones. Yeah, I can't find them. 
That's so funny. It's really quite stressful. <laughs> no, it's not stressful. It just means you don't get to hear the rest of those ones. All right. Maybe, just maybe, I'm going to have to try and find that for you so that you can, I'm just going to give me two ticks as I go back to find out. That's so funny what that one is. Okay. All right. You're lucky I found it. All right. Oh, we're good. All right. So challenge is one. Ha, that's really funny. Sorry. Okay. Remember the first one? Don't get distracted. Get your, make sure you surround yourself. Surround was number one. Challenge was number two. I just got distracted. All right. Back on track. Okay. So challenge your thinking. Don't be stuck in what you are conditioned to believe. Stretch beyond the norms of your walls and begin to see opportunities of possibilities. This will allow you to reach new territory, respond in new ways, and this small change will help you to think and act differently to the crowd. Across the globe, we play in a noisy landscape. It needs to be less about turning the volume up and adding it to the already crowded noise. It needs to be more about being heard above the crowd. Where you stand up, you stand down and inspire yourself, because it's got to start with you, right, to play a bigger game. All right, so three, what I find is really good along this process is create. Oh, you hear me say this a lot. Create space to breathe, be in the moment, extend your dreams, take time to be happy and to focus on what you want. Part of what I've been doing the last few weeks is making sure that I've got a lot of space to walk because when I'm walking, I think, I dream, I start putting all the messiness in my head and start working through it. So make sure you create. Number four is invest. Invest in you. Believe in your dream, the vision. This can come with a cost at times. And that can be sometimes even a sacrifice or a challenge. But always know investment comes with the end in mind. You know that. Investing is, you know, can be a financial thing. It can be a the energy that it takes to put the time in, effort into it. It can mean that going into that uncomfortable and being comfortable with that. And that's not always easy. So investing is really important and something that I love keeping on stretching to that next level. I kind of, for me, it's a, I enjoy challenge because I know I can change the data. I can change the results. I can change what I don't like or make happen more of the things I like. And so I'm not afraid of investing and I'm not afraid of challenge so I like to spend that time creating. All right, and risk is number five. Take a risk, a calculated risk. Work out strategically. In other words, have data that can give you some tests, you know, and actually be able to analyze and diagnose things and then prescribe the right strategic pathway forward. Work out strategically as much as possible what you can. But there's always, if you want to play at that bigger level, 
there's always that stretch of risk and I always say take a calculator risk as much as you can with what data you have. All right. And there's ways, by the way, that you can do that in, in more effective ways and faster ways that you can start trusting yourself and being able to do that with clarity, certainty, even though you're working towards the future, not with the knowing now. And I think that's really important. Many can help you, coach you, and, and guide you and mentor you, whatever, in what is proven, what is known now. Not many get to work or know how to get to work in the future. And I think that's the thing that I love and the thing that makes me different from the crowd and stand out from the crowd is I'm not afraid of the future. In fact, I think the future is what brings us hope to the landscape across the world, to the human race. Okay, so number six is drive. Drive the direction you want to go. Stop putting the GPS and going, and putting into the GPS where you don't even want to end up. Put in the GPS where you want it to go. The choice is yours. Your decision impacts your next level. Number seven, negotiate plan. A plan is essential as this gives you certainty about your yes and also makes it clear about your no. This is important as it makes clear what you will do. All right? So... Remember that these are seven steps in the process to help you make non-negotiables, which are really important to be able to make, right? And I'm kind of grateful for these strategies in my world because when I get a moment where I go, oh, I need to do this, I go back to making sure I put these in place. Have I created space? Am I taking enough risk right now? Is Do I need to pull back and invest less on this? Is it taking too much of who I am, what I'm about? Is it getting me where I need to go? So today's question on that strategy is, what decision have you hesitated on due to fear of standing out? Whew, important. If you don't ask this question, it will stop you from moving forward because we have to deal with that fear. That fear might be true, it might be made up. And if you want help with that, that's so easy for me to be able to disrupt that pattern. It's not a thing that needs to hold you back. It might be a thing that has held you back. But ask that question, what decision have you hesitated on due to fear of standing out? I ask that question all the time when I'm about to make that next decision that moves me forward or the dial forward but there's some hesitation there's always a hesitation because there was a a fear or a worry a concern an overwhelm a not clear of it all those things are going to stop you from moving to your next level all right so strategy six thrive in consistent structure One of those things, maybe two of those words, are probably words you don't really like listening to or think about, and that is consistent Mm -hmm. and structure. One of the things that I learned, and it took me a while to do this with my children, was that if I kept the environment at a certain temperature, it would really be helpful. So... There's many times that I would say, I don't even see your children as autistic. 
is what I would get told, right? And firstly, they must have seen me on a good day. Secondly, I would always say, just come and live at my house. But thirdly, and seriously, one of the factors to why they function highly is due to what I just talked about before. And that is consistency in the environment and structure and creating a safe space to thrive from. I didn't realize, honestly, the power of this one until I put it in play and I consistently did it and because I was being intentional about it. And I found that this has been key for clients to succeed as well. Contrary to common belief, having structure doesn't squelch or squash creativity. Instead, it actually increases what's possible. It increases the outcome to certainty to get the result you actually want. And it allows a safe place to grow within. Where there is minimal risk, we know we need to take some risk, where the investment you're taking or making, there is a sense of security and being able to do that with confidence. And it allows all of us as humans to function at higher levels. When we are feeling safe, when we are feeling it's a trusted environment, when there's transparency, we will do whatever it takes to make sure that it is going to happen and we can feel confident to then be able to do whatever that takes to get us to where we go because our environment is supporting what we're saying, what we need to do and who we need to go on this journey with. It also gives a clear starting and completion point. The safe space means there is less chance of the unknown occurring. It produces the opportunity for consistency, eliminating right indecision associated with lack of discipline. I know discipline's like that word that most people don't like. It's easy to be disciplined when you know what to do and not to do. And I think that that's important. Discipline isn't when someone is telling you off. That's the yucky piece of around discipline that I think a lot of us have grown up around going, discipline's horrible. Oh, they're making me do this. I have to do this. This is not fun. I get it. Sometimes life isn't fun. But I can tell you what's not fun is when life is falling apart. I can tell you it's not fun when the business is out of control, when team is not doing what you need them to do so that it's an environment that everyone is thriving in. That's not fun. It's not fun when systems are broken, when we don't have access to the tools or resources that we need to be able to do what we need to and move forward in our pathways going forward well and effectively. So discipline is something that has had a real connotation that is negative in the past. I tell you, I am not who I am today because of lack of discipline. I am that person because I'm willing to do what it takes and be consistent about it and not just focus in on the short term, the quick fix, but know the sustainable long term is going to get us 
to where, and thus meaning you and I to where we need to go. So maybe this is a reframe of what discipline looks like for you. Increase what's possible by being consistent and having structure. And for me, structure, by the way, is a lot more around not just structure in, oh, 1 plus B plus C equals D. No, it's not like that. Structure for me is around having frameworks, lenses in which we ask questions, in which we look through to start a conversation. When I'm having conversations, needing an outcome at that table, I have frameworks. I can use my lenses and depending where that question will take us depends how we get through to the next framework, to the next framework, to the result that you actually need. So, you know, a lot of the time people go, but you're really good at having conversations. And I don't know if you know the word winging it, but like, you know, basically you can put me in a conversation anywhere and everywhere. Tell me what the result is you want from that. And I will help you get there because I have really consistent and tried and tested frameworks to have those conversations. And even when there's horrible feedback, I know how to navigate those conversations because of these frameworks. And it has served me well in being able to have those tough conversations to help, whether it's teams, to help, whether it's companies, to help, whether it's clients, get to that next level. Okay, here's a little disruptive moment. I'm going to bring you right back into the podcast as soon as possible. But I do get questioned, what is the 1% movement? And it's really important that we start collaborating more in ways that are going to be adding value, not just to what I'm doing, but to what you're doing. And that's what the 1% movement is about. It's about those who want to be the 1%, those who want to shift the dial forward by 1%, and those who want to partnership with those willing to do their 1%. My belief is this, it's as simple as this, that those who want to be the 1%, yeah, sure, there's 1% that will bring in the economy. I'm talking about the 1% that are willing to do with what you've got in your hand and do something that's going to add value to the human race going forward. That's as simple as it is. And my belief is that if you are willing to do that, I'm willing to do that, Angela's willing to do that, George is willing to do that, Kylie's willing to do that, Nadine's willing to do that, Kelly's willing to do that, Janine's willing to, oh my goodness, all of a sudden we've got this ongoing domino effect of people willing to do their 1%. And I believe that's what's going to help narrow the gap that we're seeing across the globe with all the global issues that is happening to the human race. And it's not saying that this is going to fix it all. It's saying, hey, if you're willing to do your 1% and I'm willing to do my 1% and we join together those 1%, that that actually will change and shift the dial forward. That's what the 1% movement is. I think that we have worked as, and I saw this in the travels 
when I was nomadic as a CEO traveling the world, that there were so many issues that I saw. And the biggest issue I saw was the isolation. And I know we think of that and what's happened over the last few years. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about everyone trying to do what they're meant to do. And it's really hard because you're on your own. And what I believe is going to bring change is when we collaborate and bring our forces together to help bring and build what you're doing and impact and accelerate impact across the globe. And we do that by joining together. That's what the 1% movement, there's so many layers to the 1% movement and we're right at the beginning of the movement. So we're just starting out and building out the Facebook group. Come be a part of that. It is all about the pre-launch right now. I'm going to be officially launching the 1% movement on November the 8th. And that's an exciting day for me. And I'll unfold that as we go on. But it is so exciting. And the 1% movement is just people willing. This is not about the next new thing. It's not about oh, I can do it better than anyone else. It's not about competition and it is definitely not about trying to sabotage other people and tell them that how you're doing it is the wrong way. This is not what it's about. It is about changing the need, I believe, for a new approach to how we go forward in the future. It is about humanity and making sure that we're adding value to the human race going forward. And it is about changing the conversation and seeing how we can come up with more innovative solutions that are going to be sustainable in all of our pathways going forward. If you think you could add value to that, if you think that your 1% will help to narrow that gap, then make sure, please, that you put your name up on the wall of humanity. It's If you check out the1percentmovement.com, you will see join the 1% movement and at that you'll see the wall of humanity. My big 1% and I hope you join me to making this a reality is what if we could get a billion names by 2052 on the wall of humanity of um, awesome humans willing to do their 1%. Would that change what is happening across the globe right now. I believe it will because if we had a billion names of people who are willing to do their 1% by 2052, that would, they say, predict maybe 10% of the human race. I believe 10% would make a difference and that would shift the dial and have a sustainable future in the culture that we're building out, in our organizations, in our homes, in our medical industries, in our next scientific evolutions to whatever industry. I believe that this could change what we're seeing and bring hope to the future. Check out the 1% movement. All right, back to the droplets of wisdom on the podcast. So the question from the strategy you need to ask yourself is this, what decision do you need to make but don't know how? 
What decision do you need to make but don't know how? Maybe it's time to find out how to do it. Maybe it's time to look in different areas. Maybe it's time to disrupt the old patterns and figure out a strategic pathway that's going to help you going forward. All right, strategy seven. You got it? You're breathing. Sip a little. I'm going to. A bit of coffee and now a little water. All right. Oh, that's funny, that water. My Italian or lack of Italian means that I still bought water, even though I thought it was not sparkling water. It still has a little bubble in it. So I've got this electrolyte in it, Alimenti. It's an amazing thing. And it's like drinking a little fizzy. It's like, whoo, not my normal, you know, just still water. Anyway, that's the fun of being in different cultures and having to, you know, go into a supermarket where everything else is in a different language. And if all I came out with that was incorrect was the water, then I think I was doing okay. But uh, it's a funny thing anyway. All right, here we go. Strategy seven, embrace your uniqueness. Remember how I said with the kids, I don't see it as a disability. I see it as a superpower. When I learned that we just needed to embrace their uniqueness, it was such a powerful thing, not just for them to be empowered because I gave them the space to be them. It was really empowering to me as well because I realized that it was a pretty cool thing. And what if I could actually find out what is the magic behind the superpower they have? And that's where this magazine came out of that was I really dissected the patterns of what they do and then how that worked for them and then how could that work for you and I, right? And so that's why these strategies are just so powerful. Anyway, embrace your uniqueness was one of them. I saw strategy seven and the word different has many biases associated with it, just like discipline. You know, we often associate that with a negative. I don't. I love discipline. I learned it in the fitness industry and the power of, wow, the results you got when you were disciplined, right? So just like that, the word different has many biases associated with it. I don't know about you, but I remember as a kid being labeled as the different kid. I'd stand out, look different, sound out of place, and I'd never fit in. It was uncomfortable. I'd feel displaced. There were people who liked me and many who misunderstood me. My autistic children can relate it to this too much. This, for the record, was not a good thing. Unfortunate, or is it? Definitely as a young child, it was not easy. But with maturity, this can actually have a flip side. Huge strengths you can gain when you go through this and the power of using this to propel you forward rather than destroy you. What do I mean when it comes to you and your leadership? Being different is not, like I said, a disability. It's a strength. It's a superpower. Your uniqueness makes you stand out as a leader and lead the pack. Remember, people don't want to follow whatever everyone else is following. Uh, they Sorry, they want to follow whatever else is following, but they don't want to follow 
someone that's doing it the same way they are doing it. They want someone that is leading in a different way. So instead of seeing different as bad, make sure you embrace your uniqueness and take it and place it in your leadership toolkit. Important. Embrace means this. Identify. Know what it is you bring to the table. In other words, what is it that you do that others don't? What do you bring to the table in your leadership or in the way that you run your ecosystem that others don't? What you bring to the table in your leadership will be what you breed in your tribe. That's the cultural piece, right? Know that how you are, what you believe, how you role model, what you do, what you're willing to do, what you're not willing to do, how you step into that, how you bring that is a reflection of who you are and is how it is that others will learn from you and things you do they can't do and that builds tribe that builds your culture it's an interesting thing so embrace number two i think be confident know who you are there are enough people doing surrounding out there being the same you know i say that a lot yet there is only one opportunity for you to be you we need you and only what you bring so again what do you bring to the table how's that different to what everyone else is bringing to the table right We need you and what you can only bring in leadership. The only way others will get different results is if you role model it in a different way to do it. Okay, it's time to stop waiting for permission and instead to position you. If you truly are a leader who leads, then give those in your sphere of influence something worthy to follow. The domino effect when you walk in confidence is catchy. By the way, when you don't walk in confidence, it's just as catchy. You see, when you value others, others value you. And then the value you bring becomes invaluable. What value do you bring? How do you or how do others see the value that you bring? All right, it's number three, ingrained in your DNA. The next part of this process after you have identified what you bring to the table, is to walk confidently in your value. And this needs to begin to seep through your decision DNA. Walk confidently in your value and become invaluable, right? I think that this is such a a beautiful thing, right? And we've asked a lot of questions in that strategy. What do you... And this is the question to ask yourself, what do you bring? And how do you bring that? And how is that going to affect other people, right? All right. So, you know, if you want the question, the last question on that, the question you actually need to ask. No, just one of the questions you need to ask, right? There's lots of questions you can ask, but I do think Again, questions is where you get yourself feedback, you find the next piece of what maybe is stopping you, how to work through that. So make sure you ask this question, what decision limits you from being your best? 
What decision limits you from being your best? All right, I think we can, I just clicked my finger for you. (laughs) I think we can move it and get strategy eight. Are you good? Are you loving this? If you are, make sure you give us feedback on this. Like, what is it you've loved about this? What are you going to take on board? How will you do this? What are the things you're taking from the insights I've learned and that clients of mine have learned because they've worked with me? And how will this make a difference in what you're doing? Come on, let's let's share the love. Make sure others learn about it. If you think that these podcasts, particularly this one and the last one that I did on this, is really beneficial for someone that you know in your world, share the love and let's share this podcast out. Let's keep growing it so that we can, you know, really start realizing that the way we've done culture before isn't necessarily going to be beneficial to the way that we want to do going forward. All right, strategy eight is this. Make it clear what you want. Make it clear what you want. That's an interesting one. Okay, so remember, my autistic children make it extremely clear what they want. But this is important because even when you feed it back to them to move them to a result that might be different, you have to make sure that you've understood exactly what they're asking and they can still see that they would get that result even if they are not getting it quite the way they want. And this is really important because they're clear what they want. Are you clear what you want? And then how do you do that with others to be able to make sure that it's a win-win situation? All right, here's the thing. A leader creates culture. I said that in the last strategy, right? This starts with you. The interesting thing is where whenever you are dealing with anyone on any spectrum, it is absolutely important to break down whatever you want to communicate. Remove any of the fluff or the filter. Here's the thing. Fluff is the stuff that often we add in when we're communicating. Maybe it's with team. Maybe it's with another partnership. Maybe it's with a potential partnership. And we just add in all the fluff, all the extra drama, the story. And honestly, you don't need that. And it's not helpful to make a better decision. And we often put filters on it. And in fact, I I actually said this the other day to a particular person when they were asking me a question. I said, oh, can you just ask me the question? Like, I just need to know what you're wanting so that I can decide what I want and what you want and see if we can make it work somehow. If not, then understand that that's just not going to work. When you put filters on things, it can put a block on where you want to go and what is going to stop you from moving that conversation to a beneficial for both a win-win, yeah? And so what I love about autism is that there's just no filters. You get it. You hear what they're thinking. You know that moment when you might be in a conversation and someone's just said something really not smart at the table and everyone at the room has just gone, oh, my goodness, and eyes are turning up, people go, and yet everyone ignores it because they don't want to confront it. What I love about the spectrum is there's no filters. And so you hear what everyone is hearing. 
you hear what sometimes you don't want to hear, but it's necessary to be part of the conversation so that you get the full data to be able to make smarter decisions. And that's why communication and being clear around that at every step in the process is so important. Be clear on the culture you want and here's three questions to help you to do this better, all right? What community would you want to be a part of? What community would you want to be a part of? What company would you want to be a part of? What business would you want to be a part of? What partnership would you want to be a part of, right? Just insert what that could look like for you. Look at others and see how they create culture. It's often the simple things that make all the difference. Know what you want from your community and clearly communicate this to them. Know your own thoughts and reasons to how you see your community. You see possibility and that anything is possible. Be specific. Who and why do you want them to be part of the community? Lead from the head. Be the person you want to have in your community. Be able to say with certainty you know exactly what the boundaries, the non-negotiables, the things that are not acceptable within your culture are. Yeah? Okay. Question two to ask. What direction do you want your community to go? What direction do you want your company, your organization to go? What direction do you want your team to go in? What direction do you want your giving, your contribution, your impact to go? Be willing to think and do things differently if you're bringing change to the normal expectations of similar cultures. Think beyond what you know and be open to possible options. Have a clear plan what you want and then what and how this affects your community. Success comes when you make the right decisions fast. I think it's easy again if you don't stay focused to be distracted by other communities and see how people are building it out there and often make or build something you don't want to be a part of. And I think I know I've been guilty in in doing that at times and I think that's where we have to be very, very careful that we are strong on what that will look like for you. And I think, you know, (laughs) that's the good thing is when we do know that maybe that's not what we want, that's not where we want to go. And if we don't do that, then what can we do? What could that look like? And I'm not afraid of that uncertainty because remember, future is doing things differently to how it was or is. And it's that willingness to step into that unknown, even though there's not certainty in it. I find it quite adventurous. I find it, and I know I'm, I love adventure. That's why I love traveling across the world. I love walking in new places and ex, and taking photos of things that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't have been out for that walk and experiencing the new smells and the, the language and the ways in which people do it differently. I find that fascinating. 
And I think that that's when you know that it's okay to be walking in the unknown, you actually can flip it around and go, what's the adventure? What am I going to learn? Who am I going to meet with? How could that really be helping not just me, but making a difference in in what we're doing going forward? All right, so here's the question that you need to ask. What decision limits your relationships? What decision limits your relationship? I know for me, some of the things that have limited my relationships in the past has been my own thinking, going that, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe I've tried to connect with someone and they're just not the right person. And yet I've tried and tried and it's just I'm putting my energy into the wrong connection with the wrong person and knowing that it's okay not to. So that sometimes has limited me in my relationships. Another thing is not being able to communicate my vision or play at the bigger level and owning what I really want to be doing even when I'm not quite at that moment of doing but pioneering it and What is it for you that has limited your relationships and meant that maybe you haven't got the relationships to build on those partnerships or building out the community that you want or, you know, connecting with the right potential partnerships to really, you know, accelerate where your company is going right now. And I do think that it's really important. All right, what about strategy nine? Let's see if we can get this. We may or may not get strategy 10 done and I may have to just do it on another podcast. But here's the thing. Strategy nine, lead the way. Autism creates humans who think in a certain way to do things a certain way. This does not rely on the standards of the world, the conditions of others, the biases we either have or have placed upon us. There are certain things you can do the same as everyone else. If that is what you are meant to do, and there are things that you are only meant to do and be, then cool, keep doing this and continue it. For this, you need to be strong, to stand up no matter what others want you to do or be. This means you need to decide, stay firm, and be independent in your thinking. Like when you go to the gym, one fitness program does not fit all. The same with your industry. Make sure you individualize what you're meant to be doing, then stick to it and gain the results you want to lead the way you need to lead and be innovative. Create the space to think, create and do new pathways equals new results. And be an advocate, humanize, be the change needed across the leadership landscape or across the business industry, or across whatever industry you're in. You can keep whining at what is not happening, not working, the things that are happening around you, or you can gain awareness, build confidence, take responsibility, and own your direct results. Okay, engage in action, implement, be the solution, for the change. If you don't know how to do it, don't know what it would take to do what you really believe that you're meant to do, surround yourself with the people that do, 
ask questions and find out who can help you, support you, have your back to do the journey well. And add contribution to equip, to a train, to sustain. Just do this. It's time to do things differently to gain different results. Engage in action. Lead the way. I know we know that as a pioneer, there's the importance of leading in a new pathway. We know that when we're willing to innovate new solutions at the table, there's that need to really lead the way. We know that if we are to be, that's you and I, cutting edge, to stand out from the crowd, to do it differently, that you and I need to lead. And to actually lead, for that takes a strength, a confidence, strategy, and it takes someone who's willing to go beyond what everyone else is willing to do. And it's really important that you do that. The question I want you to ask is this. What are you willing to do that 99% of the world is not willing to do? What are you willing to do that 99% of the world is not willing to do? I know 99% of the world is not willing to do my 1%. And that is, like I said, to get a billion names of amazing humans across the world willing to do their 1%. What are you willing to do that 99% of the world is not willing to do? All right, let's smash this out. Strategy 10. Are you ready? Let me have another sip of my coffee. Are you getting lots from this? It's funny going through this again and being reminded of this. I'm like, wow, this literally has become a lot of my decision DNA. And I don't have to think, oh, I need to do this and this is how I do it. I do it because I have worked really hard at making sure that these strategies are my decision DNA and then those that work with me as well. So I'm actually really enjoying, I hope you have too, going through these strategies and just reminding, not just you, reminding me of the importance of why I do this and a way in which to continue to, like, again, exercise the muscle of human intelligence. When we don't use a muscle, it doesn't work. It goes, it literally doesn't exist, right? Or it becomes very weak. And the only way that we exercise it and strengthen it and make sure it's working to full capacity is by working it. And this kind of conversation that I'm having today and in the last podcast around these strategies is the thing that I'm saying that is so important that when we put it consistently in our life and discipline in this area, that these are the things. These are the things that help you make decisions really fast, help you to execute what you need to and be able to keep on target on the long term of those goals that you're working towards. All right. And I know it's not trendy and cool to work towards goals anymore. I hear it all the time. You know, when people make those New Year's resolutions, they don't keep it. So keeping goals is a really bad thing. No, 
What is a bad thing is that most humans don't know how to keep goals. Most humans aren't don't know how to be disciplined. Most humans don't know how to stick to something and be true to their word because it's not the cool thing to do. It's a hard thing to do and it takes effort and it often is such a long-term goal that many give up on the way. So it's not about the goals. We're blaming something else. Let's go back to the individual, the individual being you. All right, number 10 strategy. Whew, that was full on. Remove all emotion and make a decision. Oh, that's so good. This is so good. This has been such a game changer, this particular one. This is the final leadership strategy, but I believe it's one of the most important. When you master this one, it will make a huge difference. And why? Why? Because you need to make decisions fast and efficient. I always talk about this. People hate it when I talk about fast and efficient in decision making, but it is so important. When we are really procrastinating, going slow with making decisions, going into overwhelm, it is not helpful to you in what you're building out. And it's definitely not helpful to those that are in your sphere of influence, whether it be your team, whether it be those partnerships, whether it be the new connections that you need to, whether it's building those the community that you want. I can't express this enough. It's the foundation to your next decision. It's like your GPS. It makes it clear what direction you need to go in next. It removes the overwhelm, the distractions, and the uncertainty by removing the emotion, right? And it makes clear what direction you need to go next. And it replaces with it a clear foundation to begin with, your starting point, right? Interesting enough, many think you know why. Yeah, I know why I need to make a decision. Sure, okay, great. But when asked different questions, remember the importance of what I said about questions? That is so important in the conversations that you're going to have, in the conversations or the results you want to bring to the table is the questions that you actually ask. But when asking different questions, it becomes evident you're playing too small. In many cases, doing things you don't want to, maybe responding to the now rather than thinking strategically about the bigger picture in mind or with the bigger picture in mind, and the what. The what can stop your decision making in its tracks, not allowing you to progress forward. This is a strategic critical pathways to your yeah, kick-ass results really, right? Everyone is at different stages. I get that. And I do believe that there are different stages to leadership. And, you know, there's the emerging leadership. At this stage, it's not that you're, you're just getting into a emerging leaders, but I think that what it's about this is there's a lot of frustration, there's a lots of unknown, and there's many opportunities to give up. And lots of awareness is, you know, required. It is the stage where you're curious and in some ways you may have been a leader for a long time, but you've continued doing it the same way. And I think in the new approach of leadership, emerging leaders is actually the stage in which you start moving the dial, wanting to move the dial forward. And so you're starting to think, how could that happen? You're not doing anything necessarily but you're starting to get curious. You're starting up to have different conversations. You might be asking different questions. It's quite cool. Okay, and then there's the productive leadership level, right? And this is where 
you're doing the work, you're getting things done, at this stage you'll be able to get some results, steps forwards and backwards, and you're enjoying the small wins. This is often where entrepreneurs find themselves and stay in this, this particular level of leadership or level of productivity, really, or growth, yeah? And overwhelm can creep in. You don't know what you know, but not what you don't. Sorry, you know what you know, I should say, but not what you don't. And this is important. Minimal hands available to do the many needs. Lots of action is required at this stage. So a lot of overwhelm potentially can come into play at that time. I think the next level, once you've sort of moved up to the next one, is innovative leadership. And at this stage, you have created a good community. You've created a good company that is doing well. You've created maybe a platform to which many are being helped and served. Communication has worked in the past and now needs to be done differently. New stages for results. Yeah? It's time to not just keep doing what you know or how it's worked, but there's time for the new. New structures and systems are required. Growth happening at speed with the need to increase to keep it with this. Constant creating. Lots of responsibility is required. And number four, I think what is a cool level is disruptive leadership. At this stage, you have the impact, the influence, and want massive increase. In my work nowadays, this disruptive leadership is actually the legacy level. And this is when you want to play on a bigger scale and where social change is a necessity, right? No longer is it just local or national, but on a global level. The need to lead the way is thinking and doing. Time to remove total status quo and gain the results you really want. Lots of, and I mean by that, is the kick-ass results, right? Lots of contribution is required. For you to progress to the next level, it depends on the speed of decisions you are able to make and what movement you can gain. In your leadership, where are you on this scale? Are you at emerging level? Are you at productive level? Are you at an innovative level? Or are you at disruptive level? Which goes into legacy. Which bit are you at? How would you scale yourself? I actually are probably at the innovative and disruptive level right now. And I think there's sometimes, and I talk about this a lot in building out ecosystems, where we cycle through. So at times we are at levels and we can be more back at the start because of a new initiative or an evolution of where we're going and what that looks like. But I think it's really important to know where you are and what you're needing at that time to help you get to your next level. And that's why it's important to remove all emotion and go, okay, if I wasn't being emotional about this and thinking of my next level, where am I actually at now? What do I need to help me get to where I need to go? And who do I need for that to be actually a good thing? I <laughs> I find the whole emotional thing really an interesting thing. I've talked about this in past podcasts. Check them out. But I've talked before and where I found myself in situations where people have said to me, 
you know, you're just not emotional enough. Or I've had the time years and years and years and years and years and years and years. Yeah, I'm kind of old in some cases. But where, you know, emotionally, people have gone, oh, you're too emotional in this. And I've had to learn what that looks like for me. And I think that this is why it's such a powerful strategy, this one, when you remove emotion in a decision. And I love that about, you know, what I've learned from my autistic children is that lack of emotional deciding with that decision and it's just a decision. And because of that, they don't waver either way. They don't get distracted by the dramas. They don't get upset by people telling them that they can't do it. They don't get upset about, you know, I'm not doing it the right way because I don't fit in or whatever everyone else is thinking, right? And I think that that's so amazing and I've had to learn that skill and continue to learn that skill. And at my levels of evolution, I've had to learn why is this decision, you know, becoming hard for me to make right now? And sometimes it's because I've let the emotion come back in on it. Oh, that hurt me. Oh, that's painful. Oh, are they really saying that about what I'm doing? They just don't get me. I hate not being get. Like, I hate not being get. I hate not being understood or making someone else feel awkward because they think that I'm on some some level that they just don't understand. And I'm like, that's not what I'm trying to do. That's not what I'm trying to be. I'm just trying to be the best me. And, you know, being the best me, being the best you, isn't always comfortable for everyone else around you. And so you have to understand that and recognize that for yourself first and then be able to you know bring that as a presence to what you bring to the table and when you can remove the emotion and just go what's the result we're working towards who I get that everyone's got their own point of view at this table and everyone's trying to get across their point of view and the team Let's go back to the result. What's the result we want? Okay, which one out of all of these options is going to get us there quicker, most effectively, not cost our bottom dollar and or bottom line, and is going to help us help the most people and be able to increase our economic growth at the same time, right? When you can do that, oh, that helps to do things like speed up, your decision, your decisions at each stage. And when you can do that at the emerging leadership stage where you can often get stuck on many decisions, it can help you to move into the productive leadership stage, which is slow and steady but is the next level up. Or it can help you go into innovative leadership, which is the flow to grow, right? So you've got some flow but you want to get that effortless flow to actually grow to that next level, which is disruptive leadership or legacy level, yeah? And that's when when you're at that point, it's, it's around being able to make right decisions and fast so that your impact can, can increase on a domino effect massively. The how? Make sure you keep learning. Like I said, it's all about evolving as a leader. And as I share here real and raw with you, I just am sharing from my evolving just as much as I'm hoping that you use these strategies to help you to evolve as well, right? You can only lead from where you've been 
and if you are authentic in what you're bringing to the table. Remember that goes back to the role modeling. Just keep it simple. How are you role modeling what you believe, what you stand for, and the change you really want to see? Continue to be calm, more effective. That's why I'm always giving you like, I know some people don't like the word hacks, but it's what it is, the hacks, life hacks, work hacks, business hacks, people hacks, connection hacks, communication hacks, culture hacks, leadership hacks. Why? Because this helps you to become more effective in building out the ecosystem that you're meant to be building out to get the results that you want to bring. And it increases the way you can add the right decisions fast into your daily way that you and your toolkit that you bring, but in the daily decisions that you might need to find yourself having those conversations at the boardroom table or at the next mastermind you find yourself in trying to come up with the answers to the results that you're wanting going forward. Know the power of the right time. When is it the right time for you to move to your next level? And how will you do that and who is that with? I keep going on about that, but it's so important. I hope these strategies have just given you some insights to how this can become possible and how to do things a little bit different. I know I talk about how to do things, bring people that are different to the table. We need to have different conversations. What I hope over time, if you continue to keep listening to these podcasts and come on the journey with me and and what we're doing at The 1%, that you movement, that you will understand that all I'm doing is trying to find new ways that we can be more sustainable as a human race going forward so that we can really do and bring solutions that are going to be beneficial to the human race going forward. I hope that from something that could be something that is not nice, a disability in many's perspective, is not a disability but merely superpowers that when you get to understand how it can work for you, not against you, how it can be beneficial for what you do and what you're bringing, that actually what is something that could potentially be destructive, be unsettling, hard work, challenges, could now be what is possible, that it brings your difference to what you're doing, who you show up as, to creating opportunities for you to now actually being able to go to that next level that you know you need to, want to, and can. All right. I got some sun to have, some swimming to enjoy, and I've really enjoyed having this conversation with you. Make sure. If you haven't done it yet, put a review. Please tell us what you're getting from this podcast. Share it with other people. And also make sure you join the 1% movement. Big love. Signing out. Until next time. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Leave awesome ratings and reviews. 
Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.